Chapter Two of Saint Rose of Lima, The Flower of the New World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Saint Rose of Lima, The Flower of the New World by Florence Mary Capes. Chapter Two Saint Rose's Childhood. Oh, say not dream not heavenly notes to childish ears are vain that the young mind at random floats and cannot reach the strain keble christian year the infant who had thus been miraculously renamed in her cradle grew up according to all her biographers into a singularly beautiful and attractive little child though with an attractiveness of no ordinary sort while still a baby in her mother's arms there was a sweet serenity and quietness about her in which deficiency had certainly no part and which seems to have added to her infant graces rather than to have detracted from them in the eyes of those around her as though they were instinctively aware that it was a calm not of earth that brooded over the child as she grew out of infancy into the most taking age of childhood this kind of serious serenity developed with her and she is described as being silent and reflective and having a longing for solitude as quite a tiny girl this tendency however was without anything disagreeably unchildlike attached to it for rose though forward for her age both in talking and in walking alone had no obtrusive intellectual precocity and she was so gentle bright and sweet as well as so fresh and lovely in appearance as a child that the whole household adored her and she was the very life and joy of the family almost before she was out of her infancy that love of our lord's suffering which was afterwards to become the ruling passion of her life began to lay hold of little rose's heart how god speaks to the baby souls of those early chosen children of his special delight by what channels the divine secrets are imparted to their barely opened minds what marvellous gift enables them to entertain and understand thoughts far beyond their years we cannot know but that such special communications are made to some of the saints even as little children is certain in saint rose's case the working of these mysterious operations in her heart was witnessed to by the fact that as a little thing barely able to walk she would often be found having managed to escape from her guardians or companions absorbed in deep infantine contemplation before a picture of the thorn-crowned christ in his mantle of scorn which hung in her mother's room her own apprenticeship in her master's school too began early for from the time that she was three years old rose de flores was the subject of one accident or complaint after another and was kept perpetually in states of suffering which were sharp trials to her childish patience the first of these recorded was a severe pinch in a heavy cupboard door into which somebody shut her thumb and over which she showed the most precocious courage to begin with when her mother seeing the accident ran to help her she hid the wounded hand under her frock that she might not frighten her and looked up with a sweet unmoved little face to reassure her 
then when the result of the accident was an abscess under the nail and the surgeon had to be called in she held her tiny thumb out to him of her own accord and without a tear or a sound bore the cutting and the tearing out of her nail with all its painful accompaniments and we may imagine what such an operation would be under south american surgery nearly three hundred years ago even smiling at the lookers-on as though to convince them that she liked it the surgeon in question was a certain jean perez de sumeta and he said long afterwards that in the whole course of his practice he had never met with such heroism as was shown by this baby of three years old again not many months later the poor child endured agonies from a bad abscess behind her ear and from wounds in her head brought about by the surgical treatment for it here as before she showed not only her wonderful courage in suffering but the extraordinary thoughtfulness for others which became marked in her even at this early age the pain that her ear caused her it seems was so violent for some nights owing to a mistaken remedy used by her mother that it made her shake and tremble with her strong efforts to restrain herself from even a groan to such a degree that the little cot she was in shook with her at last marie de flores discovered her thus trembling in her bed and anxiously asked if her head was hurting her a little was all that rose would reply in such a manner as to make her questioner think she wanted no help and so to turn away but determination not to hurt her mother's feelings by letting her know how much she was suffering made the heroic child actually compel herself during the whole of that night to lie motionless thus of course adding much to the agony she was bearing it was only on undoing the bandages that her head had been dressed with next morning that they discovered the state of violent inflammation that had set in and all she would say even then in answer to their pity was our lord's crown of thorns was much worse and so it was in other cases of sickness or suffering mentioned in the various accounts of the saint's childhood with details of which we need not take up space she was constantly acting in this same way throughout all those years when the natural instinct of a girl especially and of a demonstrative southern nature still more is to cry out or lament at the first touch of pain as the best means of relief whether the suffering came from the complaint itself or from the remedies which must have been often worse than the evil the child endured in silence keeping cheerful and even merry through all and never causing a moment's trouble to any one else of her own accord it was as though she had drunk in with her frequent contemplation of the picture of her babyish affections a spirit which even in those tender years gave her the resolution and the soft-heartedness combined which all the world agrees to reckon as the special marks of a hero in the natural order but which in this young heroine no one could suppose to be any mere natural gift st rose's childish troubles however were not all of a physical sort she had very early to suffer from an injustice which must have given great pain to a loving child's heart and which was earned for her by the miraculous change of name recounted above isabel de herrera her godmother was apparently a woman both of uncontrolled temper and of strong pertinacity in her own way as well as full of trivial jealousy for her own rights and dignity perhaps she did not in her heart 
believed that the occurrence which had so impressed marie de flores was supernatural but be that as it might she could not forgive her for the change in her little daughter's name and she privately resolved that from herself at least her godchild should never hear any but the name that had been given her at the font accordingly no sooner was the little girl old enough to understand and answer to her name than there began between the two women when they were together at the florises house which seems to have been often the case a contention equally undignified in itself and painful to its unlucky subject whenever we are told either of these ladies called the little girl by the name she herself preferred the other immediately made a point of calling her by the one she had adopted and the poor child was perpetually being scolded and even struck for answering to one or other of her two names in obedience to the respective wills of mother and godmother this sort of squabble which reads to us as almost incredibly childish and silly between two grown people both bred as gentlewomen was constantly carried on over the devoted head of the child saint for three or four years but the recurrence of such scenes between her elders never seems to have roused in her the smallest inclination to take her own way and disobey one of the two or to respect either of them the less she was used to their hot temper and took all angry expressions as a sign that she herself was probably to blame though she could hardly see how and so she bore everything with the greatest sweetness and docility albeit the feeling of being perpetually in disgrace with those she warmly loved and whose real love for her she did not doubt hurt her childish affections keenly this state of things went on till st rose was somewhere about six years old when the question of her name was settled by no less a person than the archbishop of lima who in the sacrament of confirmation definitely bestowed on her the name of rose whether merely subdued by the act of so high an authority or convinced at last of a really supernatural intervention in the matter does not appear but from this time forth isabel de herrera withdrew her opposition and called her godchild by the name which was henceforth to be hers throughout her native city and beyond it one more incident in connection with the saint's name will be best told in this place so that we may have done with the subject though it is forestalling matters as to time as the child grew into girlhood that dread of personal vanity which was the cause of so many of her after acts grew with her and becoming very soon aware of the purely vain motives and aims that were perpetually actuating the frivolous women among whom she lived she grew almost excessively sensitive as to the smallest germ of such a motive in anything connected with herself she could not help discovering very early how much her looks were admired among her friends there can be no doubt from all accounts that st rose in her youth was singularly lovely and above all that her complexion was exquisitely fair with a beautiful colour of a kind most uncommon among her countrywomen seeing this knowing marie de flores's overweening interest in matters of personal appearance generally and also apparently either not having heard or having paid but little attention to the story of the mysterious appearance over her cradle rose could not help the springing up in her heart of an unwilling suspicion that her mother's keen attachment to her name sprang from a vain fancy that it suited her looks and that in fact 
she wished by means of it to draw attention and admiration to her daughter's beauty now we shall see better later on what powerful causes were at work within to make the bare notion of such a thing as this inspire a feeling of simple horror in the humble maid to whose natural bashfulness alone the idea of such conspicuousness would have been painful it is enough to say here that the thought was so repugnant to her as to be a real distress and that when it had once taken possession of her mind she could not rest satisfied till she had poured out her trouble and the humiliation it caused her to the blessed mother of our lord to whom she was wont to go with all her wants and anxieties in the most simple and childlike spirit rose had a special devotion to a certain image of our lady kept in the rosary chapel of the dominican church and here she was one day kneeling in fervent prayer when it pleased god by means of the image to show once more that his will was concerned in this apparently trivial matter of a girl's name looking earnestly up into the face of the statue which to her young imagination had always appeared full of divine motherliness and beauty the young petitioner saw it suddenly appear as though lit up and instinct with life smiling down at her with the sweetest kindness and as she gazed with delight at the marvel she further heard a voice distinctly say your name is infinitely pleasing to the son i bear in my arms but henceforth you must add mine to it and be called rose of saint mary your name is to be a fragrant flower consecrated to jesus of nazareth it may well be supposed that after this no further doubts about her name troubled the overawed but enraptured maiden she told her mother of the incident when she got home doubtless with much compunction of heart for having unjustly suspected her motives and simply begged that she would keep her constantly in mind of the duties that were henceforth implied in the use of her name but to return to the time with which we are here properly concerned if saint rose was by so many ways early practised in suffering her childhood had its joys as well as its sorrows to begin with she had the greatest earthly happiness of the young in the possession of a mother's warm love for marie de flores despite her hot temper and many faults of character was in reality tenderly attached to her children and seems even to have bestowed a special portion of her affection on this chosen one of god though she sometimes took perverse ways of showing it then again as one of eleven boys and girls rose had of course plenty of life around her and being a favorite with brothers sisters and other companions was sought after in their games and occupations and thus had plenty of scope for natural affection which was strong in her her taste in recreation however was somewhat different from that of most children and her joy in associating with them must very often have consisted in lovingly giving up her own way and seeing them pleased when she could freely consult her own pleasure she liked to steal away into quiet corners and refresh herself either with telling her beads and saying her prayers or with letting her innocent mind dwell on such thoughts of divine things as were a foretaste of the joy and strength that her soul was to receive in after years from its unbroken union with god again the child had planned for herself a means of imitating our lord which it may sound strange to place among the list of her pleasures 
but which was nevertheless as true and enjoyable a recreation to her as the games of her companions were to them from thinking constantly of the story of the passion she had imbibed a childish longing to follow the man of sorrows in the way of the cross literally and actually but she could not manage what she wished quite by herself now the flores family had a peruvian servant named marianne who clearly had some sort of holiness in her which early attracted the saint's confidence for she became and remained her friend and support in all her spiritual enterprises and on marianne little rose now spent all her powers of persuasion to coax the devoted girl into helping her in her plan and keeping it secret the plan was to have a load of wood so heavy that she could hardly bear its weight placed on her tiny shoulders and so with joined hands and closed eyes to stand till her strength gave way in imagination following him whom she already called her dearest on the road to calvary further when she could by any means induce her confidant to grant her will completely which was not often she would stretch her small form on the ground and get the reluctant marianne to strike push and even kick her in remembrance of the humiliations of jesus such were the chosen pleasures of this child lover of suffering whose soul grew and waxed strong at a marvellous pace while she was yet but little more than an infant in age and outward guise and her companions wondered what she was so often doing alone there was one point in especial on which rose could never be got to agree with her fellow-children's tastes and in which she would not even join in their amusement out of good nature and that was in the other girl's love of dolls she absolutely hated them and evidently showed her hatred with a vehemence quite unlike her usual character and which made her appear before she was five years old in the light of an ardent enthusiast for truth the fact of the matter was this in saint rose's time idolatry was still very prevalent and very conspicuous in south america and one of the earliest impressions made on the child was abhorrence of everything connected with false worship from hearing the idols of the native peruvians discussed by her elders naturally she knew nothing very definite about them only that they were things worshipped in the place of that true god whose love was already so dominant in her own heart that she longed for it to be so in the hearts of others and seeing the devotion of her girlfriends to their dolls probably very hideous and unhuman-looking figures she took it into her head that these playthings were idols hence her violent aversion to them which made her protest with childish eloquence against the love of such things and even sometimes go into floods of tears over her companion's wickedness as it seemed to her in treasuring them this early antipathy in the little saint was at last the means of bringing about an act which may be said to have put an end once for all to her childhood and fairly started her on her supernatural career some girlfriends were one day playing with their dolls in her father's garden and lavishing all sorts of childish caresses on them rose was trying with her customary earnestness to persuade them to look at the matter as she did when her elder brother ferdinand who was a special playfellow and companion of hers but who liked to tease his holy little sister occasionally answered her exhortations while some of the other children laughed at her by throwing a handful of mud and dust over her head 
the child seems to have had a weakness for neat and proper ways for she could not bear having her hair messed and was as much put out as her sweet temper would let her be at anything she brushed the dirt off hastily turning away from her companions with a look of annoyance and ferdinand seeing that his wish to tease had succeeded thought he would pursue his advantage and vex her a little more silly child he called after her probably imitating some preacher he had heard to care for such rubbish as your curls remember that women's locks were only made to tempt men a holy girl would not mind a little dirt on her head she would know it was all vanity the boy's words reached rose in full before she escaped into the house and took effect indeed but in a very different way to what he had supposed and intended small child as she was her enlightened spirit felt the spirit of god pierce it by this mock exhortation intended only to give temporary human annoyance by the time the little girl was alone and safe from discovery in some attic or other dark corner of the house where she used to take refuge when she wanted solitude her brother's words had long lost all power to vex nature there had come into her young soul with them a vision of the possibility of sin on the one hand and on the other a certainty of the loving call from christ to be his and none others which overpowered all else and turned the child even though barely understanding humanly what it all meant into a saint with a passionate heart then and there after kneeling in humblest contrition to beg pardon of jesus for her momentary fault she vowed herself to be his spouse for ever and getting hold of a pair of scissors she cut right off the shining golden locks that had caused both the wrong feeling and the inspiration that followed offering them in childlike sacrifice to our lord End of chapter 2